אוקיי. וואווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווו
Yeah, you know, it's it's really interesting. Adrian is the brains behind the operation. I uh, <laughs> I don't necessarily he's he's the writer. And so while you know the idea of a book uh, came from me in a, in conversations with our our then CEO, it's Adrian that really brings the magic uh, to the books and the the research and how we put it together. And you know, we've now written fourteen books together. And I have to say, every book we write. Adrian hones his skills even more. And uh, so we're very proud of the work we've done and the difference that we can make for for leaders and for companies and organizations and how it ripples through their communities as well. So it's been a great adventure. We've been we've we've become very best of friends. Adrian just isn't my business partner. He's my brother. And we've known each other. I think it's 22, 23 years now. It seems seems like we've always known each other, doesn't it? Oh, wow. That's a great story to be able to make that that partnership and that friendship work in today's world, isn't it? I mean, really, that's great. That's great. And yes, I know you've written those 14 books, but now I'm going to ask you, tell us, and and you speak on the topics of your books, which is, uh, you know, people love books. They love speakers to have books because you can't get everything at the keynote experience. So you have something then to follow up with. And that's, that's great. And I love the way that you orchestrated them. They are wonderful books. I'm a reader, so <laughs> I focus in on that as well. But now tell me, what do you feel is your most important book that you've written so far and why? You know, it's a great question. We get this all the time, don't we, Adrian? Um, so there's, th- there's three answers to that just really quickly. Uh, our most su- successful book by far was The Carrot Principle and, and really put us on the map. So we love that book. Uh, our favorite book was a book we wrote right before the pandemic called Leading with Gratitude. But your question is, what's our most important book? And I think by far our most important book is Anxiety at Work. Uh, we, we wrote it during the pandemic. It was it was a push actually from Adrian's son, Anthony Gostick. You'll notice on, on this book, it's Gostick and Elton and Gostick, not just Gostick and Elton. And the, the push there was is that the pandemic really did shine a light on mental health and while our work is in culture and leadership and so on, can you really have a great culture? Can you have a great organization or team or be a great leader mm-hmm. if you're not addressing the number one issue in the workplace right now, which is which is mental health? So our most important book, no question, is Anxiety at Work. Wow. And your most favorite? Leading with Gratitude. <laughs> yeah. Right. You, you know, uh, we, we talk about the fact that as we studied all these different companies, all these different leaders and so on, the common thread to excellence in every one of them was gratitude. And I, I, I find that so affirming that it's, it's, it's our better angels, you know, that bring us to be better leaders, better people. And what we love about gratitude is that ripple effect that when you send people home that are highly engaged at work, they're more likely to have a highly engaged and happy personal life. And so, yeah, I, my favorite book, I, I think what Adrian and I agree on that. I mean, Adrian, chime in. What's I will. Your I'll jump in here because I think one of our one of our most influential books is a book we wrote called All In. Um, this is a book we still speak on 10 years later. It's probably one of the best-selling books ever on corporate culture. And it's really how you build an all-in culture is based on a 300,000-person survey we did with Willis Towers Watson. Um, and it was conducted during the worst of times during the last recession, showing how some cultures differentiate from others. Mm-hmm. So probably 80% of the time that Chester and I go out and speak, it's on culture. 
Um, it's on how you build a strong culture. It's how you bring a culture through tough times. And so the things that Chester is talking about, about gratitude, we bring in, we bring in anxiety, we bring in wellness. Um, because if you, you know, you book the, the, the stones to play your, your concert, you want them to play all their greatest hits. So that's what we do. We bring in some of our greatest hits, but I would say almost all the time we speak, the foundation is culture. And I think that's what everybody's trying to figure out right now. Exactly. And as you see on our corporate bookshelf here at Remarkable, we've got those three books featured there. And uh, I always, with event planners and all, I like to have the books so I can show them, exactly show them, whether it's by Zoom or in person. And that makes an impression. You know, when, when you can say, do you see this? And you design your covers great. I want to tell you, <laughs> covers look great. And so that kind of gives that build up so that we can uh, have you at lots of events. And that's that's where I love, um, you know, speakers that will, you know, be part of that and do that. Then, uh, so those are, are really important things. And that just leads in <laughs> to the next part of this question is, what is the most requested topic by clients and event planners? I think you probably already covered, but let's go into more dense. What's the yeah. most the, that you're seeing from clients today? What topic yeah. is it? Well, thanks, Sue. Yeah, I, I think there's there's several things that are kind of most important. Typically, it revolves around culture, but but then we get into, and we typically do at least a couple of calls beforehand with clients, understanding okay. their specific needs. And what we're hearing a lot are, um, and of course, it's attracting and retaining great people, which is thankfully in our wheelhouse. We can talk to them. Um, but we're hearing more and more about burnout. Just people are at the end of their rope, two and a half years of COVID, um, you know, Zoom meetings, hybrid work, et cetera. How do I get my people to, to, to not, you know, be on the edge of burnout? So we talk a lot about that idea of wellness. Um, we talk a lot about the idea of, again, bringing people in and making sure they feel like they're part of the culture. Um, Chess, what would you add to that? Yeah, you know, it's so interesting, Sue, because... Uh, Foundationally, people say, look, we've got a great culture. We want to continue to build on that culture. It's our differentiator. And so as we talk about culture, and we talk about how you engage, enable, and energize your employees and so on. Then we very quickly get into, are you dealing with mental health? Because that's that's such a big part. As Adrian said, the greatest hits, you know, what are the, what are the things you really need to focus on? And, and then we emphasize gratitude. Now, what I find fascinating is, even though the topic is culture and leadership, at the end, and we, we love to do what you recommended, we bring our books and we'll do a book signing later. I'll ask people, so what was the, your one big takeaway? More often than not, not, it's that we need to pay more attention to mental health. Isn't that interesting? So it's, it's foundational for all those reasons, right? What makes for a healthy culture? And yeah, we, we get that we've got to create this here. We've got to be a better leaders here. We need that thread of gratitude through what we're doing. But this this aha that, you know, this is a bigger deal than I thought. I've got to be more sensitive to this. I've got to be more, in uh, you know, tuned in to burnout, which has a lot to do with anxiety and stress. And uh, so it's always interesting to me that often that will be their big takeaway, that I've got to focus more on my people's mental health. And that is so true. You know, coming from a corporate background myself, I can remember when <laughs> we didn't even that wasn't even part of anything we thought about anywhere. 
Okay. I like to be a servant leader, but a lot of people that didn't have that culture either, that just wasn't part of it. And I'm so glad because that is, sorry that it took us maybe a COVID or whatever to find that, but I think that's key today. I think that's, that's what people uh, see in good companies is that they will address that. And that, that was really exciting that you two would do that. I just, you know, because I looked at your other books and I said, look what they're coming out with. Wow. They're addressing this. That was, that was great. I love that, 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 that you did that, that you did that. And Adrian, one thing too, I'm always, I, I kind of like to celebrate days of the week. I'm that kind of person and thankful Thursday has always been in my, in my, um, image to say, we've got to be thankful and, um, grateful, but you took it to another level in your book and both of you speak on it and you took it to another level of telling leaders and companies and organizations, let's have a thank you Thursday. <laughs> and I, I just picked up on that, you know, because that's an avenue that we all can do. It's not, you don't have to spend a lot of money. You don't have to do anything except be conscious of people that they like to be thanked and appreciated. Tell me a little bit about how you did that in the book. Well, one of the things we do is we talk a lot about the rituals of gratitude. Um, you know, the one thing is everybody thinks they're better at this than they are. Uh, one of our surveys, again, we've got a million people in our surveys. So uh, of that, about 10% of that, so 100,000 people are managers or above, managers, directors, VPs. And we asked that group, how good do you think you are at appreciating the great work of your people? And about two thirds of them, so 67% say, I'm above average. Uh, when we asked their employees, what percent do you think agreed? Only 23% of employees think their managers are above average at appreciating their great work. So we have this 44% perception gap. We are not as good as we think we are. So what we try to do when we go work with clients is bring them a lot of how-tos. Um, you're talking about Thankful Thursdays. Uh, there's a, a client of ours that does uh, Wine and Wine Fridays, where they, they because they're all still virtual, uh, they get four o'clock on Fridays, they get their favorite beverage, whether, you know, for me, it's a Diet Coke or, or Diet Pepsi <laughs> or, or for them, something maybe a little stronger. And they just complain about the week for an hour. And it says, can you believe this client maybe do this? And at the end, they say, okay, let's just let it go. Uh, so they begin Saturday, maybe with a hangover or also, but just also starting fresh. And so the idea is what are the rituals that you can bring in? Because we think we're good at this. We think we're doing a lot of recognition. Um, it's typically the one thing that many managers are missing in, in their toolkit. Yeah, I would just add to that. You know, we love symbols and so on. As, as you know, Sue, we, we've got our or carrots that we use at our conferences. And I, I love that people then take this carrot and put it on their desk as a reminder. You know, um, we have gratitude stones. We have, uh, everybody finds their own way. We're also big fans of handwritten notes, you know, which is kind of old school. And yet when you get that, you know, colored envelope in the mail, it's always timely and it's always thoughtful. And so as Adrian said, we, we, we love rituals. We love symbols. And as you go through as a leader, find what works for you. Uh, one leader that we uh, cite often, he puts 10 pennies in his left pocket every day. 
and he sets a goal to have 10 positive interactions with his people, and he keeps track by moving a penny from his left pocket to his right pocket. These simple little reminders, simple little rituals can go a long way to creating that culture of gratitude where people aren't afraid to speak up, they feel valued, their voices are heard, and they're making a difference. That is so cool, 10 pennies. That is really cool. I like that. And it's, it's great that you can bring those, those examples to people, get them to think those kind of things. Because look, even though we book outside the box, we've got to learn how to think outside the box because we're, we're in a different, a different time. And so you're helping us do that. And we appreciate that so much. And then that goes right into our next part of saying, how have you seen your audiences that you see all the time change since 2019 during COVID or post COVID and now how, how, do, what, what, does it look like? People are always asking me this all the time. What are, what are, you know, what are the audiences look like today? Can you share that with us? Yeah, well, a lot of them are virtual. <laughs> you know, we're, we're not as, uh, as, as in person. And I think, you know, um, virtual really is here to stay. It's got its place, you know, particularly when you've got a multinational company that wants to bring people together quickly and, and bring in a good message and bring in a, a good speaker. I think that the, not not just physically have the audiences changed, you know, uh, a lot more casual. People are a lot more comfortable coming. It's not nearly as formal as it used to be. And I think the way for me, the way the audiences have changed is they're looking for not just ways to be more efficient workers or leaders. They're looking for ways to become better people. You know, they want their companies not to just invest in them and being more productive. They want to take those principles and say, hey, this is making a better life for me. So I think that's been a, a quantum leap and, 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 and acceptable. You know, companies are saying, hey, I want you to have this work-life balance. I want you to feel good about not just where you live, but how you live and, and how you can spend time with your, with your families and so on. So this idea, uh, I think, in times past was we came to a conference to learn about business. Now we're coming to conferences, yes, to learn about business and to learn about life. And that's the biggest change I've seen. Wow. And I, I might add, Sue, too, is that, uh, you know, I think th even three years ago, it was a little bit when you have a speaker, you, you want to be entertained, you want to be stimulated, but people would often sit back and, okay, good. Yeah, now uh, they're taking notes. They, they've reached a point in their career where I don't know what to do now because the, the, the issues we are facing are so complex, uh, not only work issues, but also personnel issues that I've never seen before. I'm having issues come through my door. I'm losing people that I didn't think I would ever lose. Um, so the issues, they really are looking for experts to come in to give them ideas. So I'm seeing people leave with pages of notes where in the past it was more, oh, yeah, no, just entertain me. And uh, that, that's changed. And so as speakers, we have to come with a higher level of, of you know, practicality to do's and to be able to make it feel like they're leaving with something. As somebody told Chester and I recently after we spoke, he, he said, that was like a slap in the face. Yeah. <laughs> but I was laughing. It was really yeah. weird. <laughs> but see, that's it. They, they, it's kind of this wake up time, you know, yeah. to see that. And I can tell you, we're getting comments on the chat about addressing the mental issues, addressing the healthy, happy workplaces. You know, we're, we're those things that 
you know, I'll be honest with you, they would kind of call the soft issues and even audiences before. Yeah, that that wasn't the big thing. They they wanted you to bring them some right and you know, but now it's urgent. Yeah. I've seen the urgency and even event planners <laughs> and to please them today is a different world than it used to be from my standpoint, because they're looking for more. Right. So speakers have to be able to bring that. And that's, that's, that's been interesting. Now you, you uh, Chester, you stated this very well <laughs> because I have been a proponent since the virtual uh, pivoting started that virtual is here to stay. Now, not everybody agreed with me. Not everybody liked my opinion, but I saw the difference of what we can make since I am to a global company. I mean, golly, it's 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 been amazing, the technology and everything. And yes, you have to be able to learn it and do it. And it made us do some things that we never thought we would do. And so that is exactly where you know, we're coming from and you want to uh, be able to do that. Now, when was it when you realized that you had to start speaking virtually from a studio or whatever you may, you know, whatever you could create to be able to be engaging and exciting for an audience to see virtually? When was that? Yeah, well, we made, we made the pivot when um, all our conferences were canceled. <laughs> That was that was, that was, that was an easy pivot. <laughs> we said, you know, uh, we got a good relationship with uh, banks, but uh, you know, they want that mortgage payment every month. Um, so when 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 all the conferences were canceled, and then we we have some great people around us, you know, uh, Christy Lawrence, who you know really well, yeah. she took a deep dive and she said, hey, here's how we've got to do it. We, Brent Klein, who's a wonderful producer, he produces our podcast which is anxiety at work. He, he tricked us out with the cameras and the microphones and the whole bit. And then what Adrian and I really realized is that, you know, we don't often present together live. We're doing actually more now than we've ever done. When, we, when it was virtual, it was easy for us to both show up. And, and while we couldn't engage with the audience like we could live, we could engage with each other. And then while one was presenting, we could look at the chat we could bring in. And so when, when we were able to, to present together, that dynamic made it a lot more fun, I think, for the audience. It made it a lot more fun for us. Mm -hmm. And it gave us two sets of eyes. So while one was doing one thing, we could kind of take a look at what's going on in the chat box. So it, it became really fun for us to realize that, look, if you're, if you're going to book me for your virtual conference, would you mind if I brought my friend Adrian with me? It'll, it'll be a better experience. Um, and, and nobody for, said no, right? Yeah. And it's like, no. oh, wait a minute, I got two of you for the price of one. So, so virtually it was great. And I, the one thing we did too, too, in, in March of 2020, when when the pandemic hit, and and everybody was just didn't know what to do, and they were all frozen, and everybody was panicking. And what Chester and I did was we offered up for every client we'd talked to the last two years, which was a lot. We offered up a free virtual session, and we spoke about mental health and anxiety at work. And, and what was amazing is as we did this and we did it for a few months, we just spoke to their leadership teams and told them how to get through this and did it for free, did it with no promise of anything, just we want to help. It was amazing as we cast that bread upon the waters that it came back later and we were booked for their speaker, for their, their conferences later. And, and so when you give good into the world, sometimes it comes back and sometimes it doesn't have to. 
we just wanted to help when that happened. And see, that's that's the key, I think, is that you're willing to adjust what the client needs. It's not what about you, it's about them. And I think that's an important thing. And what I've heard from you today is that you both feel virtual is here to stay. Oh, I don't think there's any question. You know, I'm going to be doing the thing in a couple of weeks for a company in Poland, a smaller company, not big budgets, could never afford to fly us in and, and do all that stuff. Exactly. And yet to your point, you know, Adrian and I have, are very mission driven. You know, we want to make a difference. We, we know that if you create a culture of gratitude, things are going to get better. We know that if you use the principles in all in, you're, you're going to be more successful and you're going to be um, have those those soft skills that are no longer nice to have, but 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 must have. And, and the idea of, of mental health. So it, it virtual gives us an opportunity to make it very affordable and very accessible to get these ideas, these these tactics, these strategies It'll help you deal with mental health. It'll help you create great cultures. And so for us, it, it, it's beyond a great gift. It allows us to spread these, these good ideas and theories all around the world at, at the click of a button. You know. And that's what being remarkable and living remarkable is all about. <laughs> there you go. Isn't it? I mean, that is exactly the, the concept that when we created our company, we were looking for that special name and to be remarkable takes a lot yeah. and it's not about us. That's, that's what we found here. It's all about our clients and our talent like you that we represent. Now, one last question. Can you believe, I mean, time just flies. Does it not? <laughs> I, mean, I could stay here for a long time and ask you a lot more, but we'll have you back. Okay. That's right. how this works. All right. We can save more for later. But my last question to each of you today is, what will you do today to be remarkable? Well, thanks. So I'll start. I'll give Chester the last word. I like to give him the last word. But, uh, <laughs> but um, you know, I think it's such a great question because, you know, and honestly, you know, we've been we've been working in this field for 20 years. You can get into a rut. There are speakers we know who have given the same speech for 20 years, almost word for word. And, uh, you know, I have a, I have an auto company, a big auto company I'm going to be speaking to uh, in, in December. And so we're two months away, but I've had at least had 15 meetings with, I'm, I'm interviewing all of their executive team. I'm interviewing employee groups. I'm going out to work in one of their facilities for a day. I'm going to be, by the time I step on stage, I'm not one of the team, but I know their pain points. And so, you know, you don't get a chance to do that with every organization, but some that I work with, um, we have a chance to go really deep. And by the time we get there, you know, we're going to be able to help them really deeply with with their issues they're they're working on, and I think that's you know how you know it's been the most impactful to me as I've done this work is that it's not the same every day. It's where every time we go into an organization, we're learning about their specific needs, and we're helping them get through some really tough issues. That's that's as Chester says, we're mission driven. That's the mission that means the most to me. Yeah. Yeah, and I would just echo that. You know, our our goal really is to make a difference. And um, you know, we have a wonderful executive coaching practice, and Adrian and I will be coaching later today. And I think when you can be remarkable as a coach, and really help people deal with 
you know, issues on their teams and personnel? Are, are we taking care of each other? Are we taking care of our people and our clients? That's that, that to me is, is, is remarkable. Um, one of the greatest things that feedback that we get, whether we're speaking at conferences or doing our coaching is when people will say, you know, I took away a lot of good things on how to be a better leader. I, I also took away some things on how I can be a better father, how I can be a better spouse, how I can just be a better person. And when we get that kind of feedback to us, that's remarkable. Exactly. Exactly. Well, thank you so much for being here today. And my challenge to all that are viewing us out here or we'll see on the rebroadcast that will be out later today is what are you going to do to be remarkable today? Excellent. And we'd love to hear that. Uh, what you're planning, just leave your answers here or you can give us a comment because we'd love to know what's going on in the world for people focused on being remarkable because we are all uniquely created and we are can be remarkable. Now, make sure you join us next Friday right here, October 28th at 10 o'clock Eastern Standard Time when our guest will be then the remarkable Mary Kelly. She's a U.S. Navy retired commander and award-winning keynote speaker. So we're going to have another remarkable time experience and we hope that you will be back with us and also this all of our episodes, this is our ninth one, are on our YouTube channel, Remarkable, a Speakers Bureau, where you can go anytime and view. Uh, Adrian, in case they didn't get all the notes, okay? They can go <laughs> back and do that, okay? <laughs> and we hope you have a remarkable fall weekend, and we will see you next week. Bye. Thank you so much, guys. Thanks, Sue. Thank you.